My name's Mel Herbert, and he's Tom Wolfson. We're going to be talking about the cars, the batteries, the solar panel, the stock price, the man, the myth. We're going to be talking about everything Tesla. Why? Because we're... Talking. 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 Talking Tesla. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Before we get started here, I just want to tell you that this has been a very interesting cluster of a week for multiple reasons. We actually decided that uh, we were going to all separately record our own stuff because there was no way we could get together. And then it turns out that um, Elon's Master Plan Part 2 was delayed, delayed, delayed. And then we're back in town. It's Wednesday night. It's late. And out comes the master plan, and we all can get together. So I'm going to trash everything we've done, all the editing, all the time and effort, so that we can just talk about the master plan plan part two. And uh, there is um, Japanese sweets, and there's some sake, and uh, you know that's going to result in some discussion. So here it is for talking Tesla 43 master plan part two, and uh, it's big. Bigger than Ben Hur's bottom. He called you an idiot. He's That's mean. Shall I, shall I uncork the sake as the opening of the show? I mean, that I've is, already almost been killed in a motor vehicle this week. Ladies and gentlemen, sure boys and that. girls, it's time for talking Tesla 40, what, 3? 43. Okay, so a lot's happened. Do you First know, of all, do you, do you know what the, or was it 42? Shoot, now I'm wondering. We're 43. 43. 43, okay. And, and you, you interrupted. The secret to everything in the universe is 43? 42. 42. We didn't 42. even talk didn't about even that. We didn't talk about this. My God. We're idiots. First off, you guys suck. Okay. That's the <laughs> just show. Because we're, just because we're hitchhikers. Second off, that's all I got. <laughs> well, this is how I plan to open the show with this sound here. Okay. What is that sound? That sound is a sound of... What, what are you doing? It's I'm so... pouring this wonderful sake... Into this is oh. Jumani Ginju. Hello, yes, everybody pouring, likes a little bit pouring of a little sake. sake. You are much louder than for the boys. Either one of us, just so you know. Kampai, mm, kampai. Mm, mm. What does that mean? <laughs> we got to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> it means bottoms up. Oh, really? Yes, it means my balls are bigger than yours. <laughs> that wouldn't take much. <laughs> And the show devolves. <laughs> and the show... Look, this is a weird talking test because let me uh, give you the story here. First of all, uh, we were going to be late anyway because I was away. We couldn't all get together. And I put together what is a Frankensteinian version of talking Tesla. Is that because you were trying to mix all of the show while you were in autopilot in your X on the 101 freeway? Pretty much. That's how it was going to go. Yeah, that's so, on, I think that's on the disclaimer. No mixing of a blog. It was going to be delayed. I was away. You did your thing and Tom did his thing and I did my thing and I tried to edit it all together. And that's the second part of the show. But it was so delayed, I got back and... Elon kept delaying, delaying, delaying the master plan, too. First, it was the space launch. He couldn't yeah. do it because of his busy. I don't even know what he does during the space launches. Maybe he pushes the final launch button. Maybe he stands there. He's the guy to... that puts the C4 on it. <laughs> oh, maybe. That's the last step. Oh, he lights the go. fuse. Yeah, there you go. So we decided, look, well, we'll just wait because, you know, on Tuesday, he's going to do the master plan. Monday's going to do Okay, it's Wednesday night. It's late. Tom yeah. and I have been out. We've had dinner. A little bit of drinking, I'll be honest with you. Robert, who knows what he's doing? He's bringing a sake. But the master plan just got published a couple of hours ago. 
Master Plan Part 2. Oh, you're right. Master Plan Part 2. So we decided to go out of our way to get together as a loving couple that we are. Threesome, you might call it. (laughs) Menage a trois. And uh, get together in the studio (laughs) and talk about the master plan. And then after you ladies have gone, I'm going to edit it and master it and release it so people can hear your fine words. You insult the ladies by calling us ladies. That's, That's true. Actually, I, I do say. get in trouble a lot about that. And so the show devolves even more. <laughs> oh. Wow. That's what happens when we record after dark. <laughs> I um, guess so. Uh, I mean, just have some talking, and this is not going to be okay. a good show. Okay, so for <laughs> no, those of you who no. don't know, let's talk about no, the- No, wait, i Let's let the people who don't know about the master plan know about the master plan. Years ago- Give us the summary of master plan. There was- Thomas- Go. There was a master plan, an initial master plan before the the birth of the Tesla, and it was four parts: create a low volume car, which would necessarily be expensive, use that money to develop a medium volume car at a lower price. That's the Model Three. That's the Model Three, and then use that money to create an affordable high volume car, which is the Model Three. Yeah, which is also the Model 3. So Actually, it's a little think, bit confusing. Well, it's just that the Model S became a little more expensive than he anticipated. So you think the first car he's talking about is the Roadster. The Roadster. The second car is the medium volume car at a lower price. That's you know the what? Model S. That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you for the correction. Because if you remember the Model S when it was first sold, it was $49,000 right. for a 40 kilowatt hour battery. Yeah. With all of the sort of figuring of all of the rebates and such. The whistles and, they, and the they bells. They sold all over 400 of those. And the fourth part of the original master plan provides solar power. And this, he says, has literally been on the website for 10 years. As we all freak out about the merger of Tesla and Solar City, Elon's like, can you people not read the plan that is the master? So that's the first part of the master plan. And now... We get to part two of the master plan. You you expect the majority of the populace to read? No, I don't. We are in the midst of the Republican National Convention. Okay, so the greatest sign, I'm just going to throw this out there because we're an eco-green friendly show. Yes. The greatest sign that I have seen at the Republican National Convention is Trump digs coal. Mm. Somebody actually went out of their way to to make a sign supporting the use of coal. We can't talk about politics and expect <laughs> to keep any listeners. All right, so let's move on. But to, I would to, say, can I just say this? Okay, I did ahead. watch the Republican National Convention, yeah. and although there are many things that upset me about it, and there will be many things that upset me about the Democratic National Convention. Yeah, a lot. That was the thing that upset me the most. We are going to dig coal and burn oil and they say it proudly instead of saying because hillary screwed it up when she did her thing we need to convert these jobs into clean energy jobs which was a major f up on her part now it's all about we are going to burn coal and oil and for god's sake can we stop it it's not 1974 the science is in we're going to convert these jobs into cleaner, better jobs. And we do realize, Can we say that? And we do realize here, the three of us sitting around this table, that a lot of you Tesla owners are Republicans. But we 
like to think you're the good Republicans <laughs> and not the and not the bad ones that are going around now. So you're well, the you're the Eisenhower Republicans. We're going to call you that. Conscious, be conscious and be mindful that science. You can reduce the debt, be socially conservative, and love the planet. It can happen. Yeah, and it doesn't depend on coal. Doesn't depend on coal. So that was Master Plan Part One. That was one. Let us go through. Master Plan Part 2. We've been waiting for this like a teenage boy is waiting for a text from his girlfriend on prom night. What's Master Plan Part 2? So, well, well, let's. we should go through it piece by piece, chunk by chunk. Because okay? it is a bit debatable. The first part of it is titled Integrate Energy Generation and Storage. I don't think we need to read it. And I didn't make a shortened version of it, but it basically has to do with scaling Powerwall and Solar City together and how that fits into the master plan of Tesla. Again, Tesla changed their name today as well on the URL, <gasps> right? Tesla.com. Everything right. goes from used to go to Tesla Motors, it's now Tesla.com. So Woo-hoo. that's the first part of this, yeah. right? So the, we are moving to this integration of solar and cars and power walls. And that's part of this uh, URL change, not Tesla Motors, with Tesla.com. And would you guys like to venture a guess? I don't know. How much did Tesla pay for that web address? So I don't remember the guy's name, but he's held it for 20 years, like from the birth of the internet. And there was a deal done, undisclosed, that they bought Tesla.com. I'm thinking, uh, I use a lot of uh, Hover.com. Usually it's $13 for a URL. (laughs) Pretty sure it's more than that. Yeah, probably, probably in the in the multiple. I'm going to say I, eight figures, somewhere in the eight figures. I say three realm. million dollars. That's only seven figures. Will yeah. they have to disclose that at the next? Um, Doesn't it have to be on the owners books? meeting or something? It's it has to, to be, be on, on the books, but I don't know that they have to disclose that. Like, we should have a detail. bet. We should do bets. Well, I'd I think it's got to be five to ten million dollars. Those of us who have stock should go and ask. There you go. I think it's at least $10 million. Wow. But the concept I love, we're moving from Tesla Motors. We're now moving to Tesla.com, and Tesla is cars and energy, and it's a whole vertically integrated system. We really got to watch the table. I'm sorry to interrupt. Herbert, you didn't actually give us a number. You said said more than five to ten million dollars. Oh, you said five. Would you like an exact number? Yeah, it's uh, six point seven million dollars. Six point seven. Good number. Strong number, Herbert. It's of the numbers. Pounded out. Of them. Pounded out. So that's the first part about it. So what he says in the manifesto is one ordering experience, one installation, one service contact, and one phone app. So we talked about this last week, we one did. service contact. So now where I go to get my car fixed is where I go to get my Tesla Powerwall is where I go to get my solar panels. There's a lot of vertical right. and lateral integration here that is extremely efficient. And things he talked about with the companies being separate are inherent barriers. So now that the if this merger gets approved, those barriers will go down. Again, I think it's going to be this sort of verticality. We talked about this last time where you get your car, your energy, your charger. You pay Tesla one price a month. And you're good to go. Now, he didn't say anything about this one price for everything. No, he didn't. But there's so much that's left out of this thing. Yeah. It's extraordinary. Go, and Robert. so he also created or was one of the creators of PayPal, right, a financial organization. How much will they roll the finances into the companies as well? 
Oh yeah, they could do everything from and Tesla, and basically people have criticized Solar City as basically it's not a solar company, it's a financing company, and mm-hmm. um, so they could yeah the whole thing is in there. You don't have money to give us, we're going to do the whole thing for you. Just give us a monthly charge. Okay, so what else? The one thing that's overwhelming about all of these things yes. is that none of them, in my opinion, are driven by his desire to concentrate wealth. Like yeah. it just doesn't feel like any of these things. Like if I look this this objectively, all of this, and we'll talk about the other things, the car stuff that he talks about, it doesn't look like he's trying to build a $100 billion car company. It looks like he's literally just trying to do some good. And that's upsetting? No, it's not upsetting. I'm just saying that's the interesting – that was one of my takeaways from reading all of this thing is that it wasn't about – it didn't seem to be about money and we'll – We'll get into it. So the next part of it, should we start with part two now? So we've covered energy generation and storage. That's the yes. batteries and the solar power. Yes. And then the next part of it was to expand to cover the major forms of terrestrial transport. This is where it gets interesting. Correct. Yeah. Right. So the first line, it says, today Tesla addresses two small segments of premium sedans and SUVs. And with the Model 3 and it doesn't say end, but there's a comma, so it means end. A future compact SUV and a new kind of pickup truck. All right, so stop there. The future compact SUV, we talked about this last week. Instead of having a hatchback Model 3, you're going to have a shrunk down Model X. Yeah, which has gold the hatchback. Without the gold. Without the gold wings because they're too difficult. So that gap captures that part of the market that wants the more. Um, SUV version hatchback without the gold wings, easy to produce. So that's that car. I'm loving it. That's the car I want. The RAV4 size automobile. Yes, the CRV, the RAV4. <laughs> Maybe it'll be called the RAV, RAVD5. Tom, I used to, I used why to are you have a, I used to have a RAV4. Okay, is this the time where we no, stop? No, let's not let's talk about stop. it right now. No, let's not talk no, about we it. No, we should. Uh, we're both feeling great sadness right now. Tom, Tom. Tom. Yes. what happened to the RAV4? We want to support you. People want to know, Tom. Go. So... I wanted to hold this information until I found out whether or not it was coming back. So at this moment, I don't know if it's coming back. I was driving down. I think the, it's clear. I was driving down the street the other day, Monday to be exact, uh, to pick up my daughter from gymnastics, and a large uh, SUV turned left in front of me. And was it an X? It was not an X. It was okay. a GMC Acadia. It was in slow motion. You know when they say when you get into these situations, everything goes in slow motion? It felt like slow motion. It, the only thing, the thought that went through my head was I am about to die. You didn't think about your daughter's going to die? No, she wasn't in the car with me. I hadn't picked her up yet. Thankfully, I was alone. Oh, thank goodness. Thankfully, I was alone. And uh, thankfully... The car did what it was supposed to do, which was to just crumble. (laughs) It just crumbled, right? But it was, you know, the main part of the impact was probably 18 inches away from the driver door. Mm -hmm. And and remind me, this is an electric car. Did it explode into flames? No, it didn't. It didn't even turn off. Her car was spewing the blood of internal combustion (laughs) engines all over the – there was – there were multiple colors of fluids all over the ground. There was all kinds of things. My car was still on, and if there wasn't a giant piece of body 
underneath the tire, I probably could have driven forward out of the body. No, the body of the car, like oh, the whole not a body. the front fender. I'm still not a hundred percent sure where it is at the moment. Like it just doosh, it, it like the whole left driver's front thing just disintegrated we and need- i don't know like all i could see when i looked in there was a sign that said high voltage <laughs> like that's how deep into the situation the thing got so it's at the shop right now i'm probably in the next couple of days by the time we record the next episode i'll know the cost of the repair i'm very skeptical that the place they took it knows anything about it i tried to get them to take Dude, it to the there's dealer like three rev four electrics yeah. in the world yeah. nobody knows what to <laughs> right, do right, right. like how are they going to get parts robert yes so this happened to me once with my mg uh it got completely wasted and i ended up getting the check from the uh insurance company for the total and then I said, well, you know, I love this car so much. You know, can I at least take a look at it? And they said, well, yes, it's located at this, you know, scrapyard out in the East San Fernando Valley. And I drove out there yeah. and I went and I saw the car and it was, it was lovely. But yes, it was kind of mashed. And then the guy's like, uh, you know, I think it's for sale. I said, really? He goes, yeah, I think, let's go talk to Joe. And so we went back to the office and some big guy with his belly hanging out in a cigar said, oh, yeah, how much you want to pay for it? I said, I don't know, what, what's the best price I can get? He said, oh, 50 bucks. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. I had like 50 bucks on me. I bought it. I went back to it. It, it, uh, it, it had been like driven around. There was no gas in it. They helped me put some gas in it, splashed a little in a carburetor, vroom, things right up, ripped off the fender that was all bad, and I drove it home. And I got it fixed. But it, it had a salvage title, did it not? That's right. Because to, <laughs> because it was like a 1971 car. Right. This accident happened in like the early 80s. Okay. Nobody had the parts. It was an English car. It was expensive to fix it. And I ended up collecting on both ends. Wow. You crashed your car. You got full replacement value. And then you drove the car home. That's wrong. It's it's the American it's, way. It's an American I'll tell story. You this. Thank God it's for the, the Trump statute. America. Thank God for the statute of limitations. <laughs> and something bad happened there. Okay, so okay, we're so sad. Let's, let's, let's go back. No, so, let's not so go. Let's not go. The reason on for a I second. bring this up. The reason I bring this up is if you get it, you could then get it back and hold on to the battery. <gasps> Take the batteries and, and stick power it on the your house. <laughs> I don't think it works that way anymore. <laughs> so the insurance secret. companies, I don't think, do that. I don't really? Know. I, I'm, I'm actually, I, it's a brand new battery. So, right there alone, right? It's not a 40,000 mile battery. It's a new battery Schwing. that could be costing a lot of money. So, I'm concerned. There are some uh, used ones available. I just don't know. So, let's just, Tom. we'll leave it there. No, don't we don't want to leave there yet. Okay. Oh, I just want to say one All more right. thing. Go ahead. We love the Red Bull yeah. because it was electric. We love the Rav4 because it was Tom's. Thanks. We love the Rav4 because it wasn't a Tesla car, but it had a Tesla battery. It, it had, had the Tesla, innards. It had a Tesla heart. It had the heart it was of a, a Tesla. It a bit of Tesla. <laughs> it did. It was a Toyota, and now it's dead. It's not. We don't know that. We don't. You're doctors, and you know. Oh, it's on life support. It has some significant hemorrhage <laughs> in the brain. CAT scans are being done, but we're pretty sure. Grandma, yeah, it's not going to. It's not going to. It may. Well. It may get a nineteen thousand dollar front end lift. It might get a facelift. And now, so, if it does, then what? Chatamo. Uh, let me ask you this, Tom. Mm. Let's say they go. This is a. I don't know what it's worth at this point. Thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. Let's say thirty thousand dollar check. Here you go, Tom. Boom. Right there, thirty thousand dollar check. Are you going to go and buy another S, an X, a Rav four? What are you going to do? Go. I'm giving you 30 so, grand for so your let's, messed up car. So let's let's be honest. 20 
thousand of that goes to pay for the trashed Rav Four. So now I got ten left. Oh God. Okay. And that's it. Puts me back to where I was. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on my phone. I'll give you my car. code. You get a thousand dollars off. I'm going to go to the. <laughs> I'm going to go to the CarMax app. Yeah. And I'm going to buy another Rav Four EV. Mm. Are there any left? Yeah, Are they being four, crashed all over the place. There's four for sale right now, in in the in near me for. And why the Rev Four? Because uh, what oh, else is this there? Is a huge what hole. else is there? Because you, the leaf is too small. Because the yeah. X is too expensive. Because the S is not the right. Now I what? thought about the Talk leaf today to because it has the fast charging. I don't have fast charging at my house, but like you said last week, there is fast charging near my house. Down the street, dude. I could yeah. get fast charging. In my new Rav Four, if there's a little extra cash left for me, why right? the Rav Four? Why not the Lyft? Like why the, not the I like cheap the si- X? I like the size of it. The cheap X is still okay. It's forty-seven thousand dollars, Mel. So now I can have two S's in my driveway, two two hundred mile range S's in my driveway. No, get a new one that has a virtual seventy-five uh, kilowatt kilowatt hour, hour battery because that's eighty grand. <laughs> no. It's a thousand. I off think with you my should get it. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you another grade. All right, you know what? We'll, Dude, we'll, think we can, about. I'll I'm think just about asking it. you. I looked today. There are a lot of used S's available. At you can the get very an moment. S. You will show me S's for forty five thousand dollars. Forty five thousand. There's S's. Forty thousand miles. There's on. some sixties with the exact same specifications as my current S. Right now, for sale, forty three thousand, forty two thousand. What's stopping because you from getting a second hand? I can buy a Rav Four for twenty five thousand dollars. It's twenty thousand dollars less, Mel. That's less money. That's another Rav Four less, and it works for him. I'm not. I don't understand math. <laughs> twenty thousand less I'm not is a, better. Um, let, raise your hand, okay? Raise your hand. Well, let's go around. We'll do like the Republican National Convention. Okay, let's do it. If you're a doctor uh-huh. and make, uh, well, you know, let's call it enough money. Mm. Say I. I. Robert, come on. Hey. <laughs> if you're not a doctor and and still make a good living but aren't making Tesla money, say nay. Nay. <laughs> is that as simple as this gets? <laughs> that's, that's really what it comes down the to. The reason you're not buying a more expensive car is because you can't money. buy a more expensive car? Yeah. That's I, not – I make less money. But but your share of all of the donations to Talking Tesla has dude, got to be sufficient enough to get week, you to the end. We got another 20 bucks, dude. Uh, you okay. extrapolate did that you, out? Did you see any of that 20 bucks? You're spending all of that money on production. I look around this room there. We have not talked about the manifesto. I look around <laughs> this manifesto. room. I look around this wow. room and it's nothing but technology just coming to bear to make this show week after week for the people. It's cool. I'm the only thing. Can I get a 200-mile battery for my RAV4? I would love that. I'll All take right. that right now, but I can't. Now so I realize the mistake that I've made by talking about the Rev4 because the manifesto is actually while we're here. So let's go to the next Right, thing. the manifesto. Go. So we, we, we were right there and we got down this rat hole because one of the things he says is a future compact SUV and a new kind of pickup truck. We plan to address most of the consumer market. So you're talking two luxury vehicles. Yes, you got your S, you got your X. The Model 3. Model 3, which is $35,000, which is the Camry of cars. The Camry of cars, electric cars. Thank you very much. A compact SUV. Which is the Camry of hatchbacks and The RAV4s or that that mid-sized sort of car. Which will most likely be built on the frame and the the form factor of the Model 3. The chassis, as it were. Chassis. 
and a new kind of pickup truck. The most Stop. exciting part of the manifesto. Yes. yes. Did everybody get small amounts of, I don't know, you'd call it vasodilation in areas that cause babies? Tumescence? Yes. <laughs> there are women who do listen to this show, you do know. They cause babies too. They do. And pickup. <laughs> They're going to do a pickup? That's what they're saying. Did every hick in the United States plus everybody else that likes to carry crap around go, yeah, baby? Right. But the last sentence of this, one of the most interesting, and we will dive into this, a lower cost vehicle than the Model 3, which you've talked about for a few weeks now, is unlikely to be necessary because of the third part of the plan described below. Which you could actually kind of work in. Right now, if you Uber with your car, your new Model S. So here's what I... So now I'm driving people around? No. So let's get to that. So I've been believing that the Model Y, to really get this car to everybody, the Model Y, the Model Z, would be a $20,000 car, then a $15,000 car, then everybody can afford it. Then the monthly payment is 150 bucks. But he is saying, uh, the Elon... The Model 3, and this is a revelation to me, it's like that's as low as we're going because, as Robert said, we can now get to the point if you have autonomous driving, which is another big part of what he's talking about, with autonomous driving, you're going to buy a $35,000 car. You can't afford a $35,000 car. You work at McDonald's, you're on minimum wage. But you're going to send your car out an Uber and it's going to pay for itself. What do you think about that? I have some very strong opinions. Go. Well, I know what your strong opinions are because we talked about it a little bit don't before this show. But I'm not going to. People I'm know not, that I'm we not, speak I'm outside not, the show. I'm not going we to, don't speak outside I'm not, the show. I'm not going to talk about it. I think that's interesting. It's not for me. Like it doesn't. It doesn't make sense for me in that that model where I buy the car and I put it out to work. We've talked about in the past where I just buy a car share, like a NetJet, right? I buy a tenth share, a sixteenth of a share of autonomous vehicles and that and then I'm not, I'm not locked into my car coming back smelling like who knows what's business the has, did right by by sending it out and i understand that cars only are used five ten percent of the day my own car is a case in point right i drive it it sits i drive it so i get that aspect of it but that's again that comes a little bit later in part three so it, he's, he talks in this part about expanding the major forms. He talks about scaling up production and the factory improvements being the way to scale production up. Better robots, better everything, better automation in the production process, which will be able to better drive this autonomy. And then the other part of this is – go ahead, Robert. You didn't, you didn't get to the point where the factory itself – becomes a product. So this means... I didn't understand it. That's factory. why I kind of so, over it. So they design the factory using physics. How do you make the product fastest and with the least amount of energy, both in moving things around and energy that you have to pump into the factory so that they can take their current factory, which is factory version 0.05, and work their way up the versions so that you're going to see the Tesla factory in China, right? They've already signed uh, a, a, a letter of agreement. I can't remember exactly the term, but they're going to be putting together a $9 billion factory in China. There's already a, an assembly factory in the Netherlands, 
what's it going to take for them to turn that into a actual factory where they can pump out Model 3s? So they're working on this whole factory concept, which kind of goes over most of our heads, mine as well, because we don't really kind of have that sense of what the factory's like, although the three of us have been there. And it's an amazing product, if you will. It is. It's incredible with Elon sitting in a desk at the end of it, driving X's around uh, quality control. And he's sleeping, sleeping bag. bag yeah. <laughs> so he's saying that we're... So let's go back again. We've got the S, we've got the X, we've got the 3. Now we're going to have your pickup, and he's saying we're basically we're going to take out 90% of what the vehicles people need. And they're done. That's and, it. Well, and we're also, not going to do a cheaper vehicle because people who need cheaper vehicles are going to rent their low-end vehicle, their 3 or whatever, to other people. That's where I have – that's the biggest problem I have with this master plan. I'm not sure that people are going to want to do that. The sharing community, the sharing sort of economy that people talk about is not necessarily um, where people want to go. I do not. If I can afford uh, a $20,000 car, I'm not necessarily going to buy a $35,000 car and then rent it out because I don't want people vomiting in it, pooping in it, and doing crap in it. And how many people can do that? If if 50%, 75% of the low end can't afford a $35,000 car. There'll be so many cars trying to get money from Uber, there'll be no money in Uber in your car. So where's the math on that? Where well, does that work? If you're an Uber customer, or I should say an Uber-like customer, and you have the choice of Ubering uh, Uber Pool, I don't know how many of our, custom, of our uh, Tesla Nation are familiar with Uber, but you have Uber Pool. So if I wanted to go here from the nerve center of talking Tesla to downtown, I could Uber Pool there for probably 12 bucks. But that car would pick up other people. I'd have to sit next to some smelly guy with vomit on his lapel. But then there's regular Uber, and that might cost me $23 to get downtown, and I don't have to share the car. And then I can go Uber Black, and I get picked up in like a, a Benz or a Mercedes. And then there's Uber SUV, which is even bigger and even more expensive. There's like five levels of Uber. And so one of those levels might be the electric car. Uber E. Uber E. But again, if I'm, maybe I'm extrapolating too far. If every, if the idea here is that everybody's going to have a Tesla and everybody's going to buy a Model 3, never, then um, the number of people that are going to then rent it out is millions. We don't need that many Ubers, so maybe I'm extrapolating too far. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're you're thinking like the only car company in the world is yeah, Tesla. I guess in, in my this, brain, I'm like, everybody's thing, right? got a Tesla. Right, but, but we're talking about like, you know, a 10% market saturation would be huge for Tesla. It would be but massive. Huge. But even again, I don't even think – it feels to me like – like in this plan, at least the way that this part of it is being addressed, is you're never Tesla's not going to be a twenty model car company. They're going to be a five model car company, and that's it. They're they're trying well, to be very pragmatic, at the, least in in this particular iteration of this plan. When you well, talk here, about actual passenger vehicles, well, let's let's skip forward past the factory paragraph yeah. where he talks about the Tesla Semi. Right. This this is this is the right, next so thing. Right? Let's stop for a second. Let's make but so Time out. Uh, here is the 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 plan. We're going to get solar panels. We're going to do power integration. We've got uh, the Tesla cars. We're going through the cars. We're sort of having a, Five cars. a concern about whether we should have an even cheaper car that maybe you can Uber your car. I'd like to see a twenty thousand dollar car. Okay, let's move past that. He says the next big problem in transportation. Let's forget about cars for now. We'll we can argue that later. Is 
big cars called trucks and buses. And yes. Or high-passenger density urban transport, <laughs> which will help to uh, take care of the aureal density or, or the, the high aureal density, which I had to look up. Aureal? Is that like so to I, hear? I, I, I didn't know what that word was, and I was afraid to look it up. So aureal density, I'll give you the actual definition, is the measurement of the amount of data that can be stored on a given unit of physical space on storage media. So basically, we are all bits. We are all bits. I still don't understand. We have to be shoved into a bus in a bit-like fashion in the most uh, efficient way to move us bits around. And actually, that doesn't fall far from what's really going on. I have extraordinary small bits. I don't know if that helps. I knew that was was coming. (laughs) I just – I could sense it. Around the the corner. So he says this. In addition to the consumer vehicles, two other types of electric vehicles, the heavy-duty truck and this high-passenger-density urban transport, both are in early stages of development and should be ready to be unveiled next year. That's a revelation. What? Next year? That's what he says. We're halfway through the year that is. That is correct. So that could be December. That could be 18 months max from now. Or it could be six. Or it could be six, right? And to me, so this is this is Tesla moving into a whole different range. And for me, the truck, the heavy-duty semi-electric truck, is really quite interesting. Now, it's very it's a very profitable business to get into, and it causes in Los Angeles because we're a major port city massive massive congestion problems and, and auto- pollution and pollution problems and autonomous vehicles. Because of just the nature of it, can they, they could eliminate them driving during the days? Yes. So uh, Long Beach uh, Port is the biggest port here in LA, and I there is some ridiculous percent of all of the goods that come to uh, the United States from uh, Japan and other countries comes through Long Beach, and they have a huge problem with pollution. And they've been talking about we're converting over to cleaner technologies. The other thing that uh, so that Tom just talked about is if you have autonomous trucks that are electric, them not driving during the day is huge. So in 1984, the Olympics were in Los Angeles. That's exactly what I was going to say. And they said, this is a cluster. It's going to be horrible. All trucks have to drive at night between like 10 and 6 a.m. so the cars can get to the Olympics. It was miraculous. And you apparently lived here. My I wife lived, lived here. here. And those people that lived here said the traffic was never better the freeways yeah. worked it, it was, was plush at all times during the day all the trucks were gone they did all their thing overnight is it this is, is like, this nirvana what, what, what? it is because these it's trucks fantastic. could be where they need to be by 6 a.m 7 a.m when all the loading docks open and then they could sit there recharge if they had to and at that evening if they didn't have another load to move they could go back to the docks and pick up their next thing and move move along and if you think about it this was explained to me by somebody who first turned me on to the Google Car autonomous vehicle concept, and this was quite a long time ago. If you think about, if you look down at the highway surface and consider how much of that highway surface is consumed by vehicles and how much of that highway surface is open, even during rush hour traffic, mm-hmm. the highway surface is not maximally utilized. There's some guy who's like 50 you know, like four times behind the car in front of him than he should be. That's me. People, people, 
you know, they, they, they don't follow too closely because their reaction time is slow. But a autonomous vehicle, not an not an autopilot vehicle, but a fully autonomous vehicle, maybe an autopilot in uh, in traffic, can utilize a lot more of that space. They can follow with a one-second delay or a half-second delay, and you can bunch so many more cars on the highway during rush hour traffic using autonomous vehicles that, boom, we don't need to build any more highways for plus, a long time. Plus, on top of that, they're not impatient and constantly changing lanes and slowing down cars by because that that's a big part of it is people who who merge at the last minute and do all kinds of little wonky things that you see in you know big trucks like rear end each computers other. aren't going to do that they're going to be not they're going to take the emotions out of driving but let's bring it back to what he's specifically talking about here which yeah. is an autonomous truck so how far does this truck go? Is it just when it goes from the port of LA to downtown LA and needs to go 30 miles? Or is it a truck that can go to San Francisco? How big's the battery pack? What is he talking about here? So many unanswered questions. A battery pack that's a trillion gigawatts that can go to New York? What is he talking about? It's the truck that can get to the to the the train depot. Hyperloop Hyperloop station. Yeah. Dump the the uh, container into the Hyperloop and then go back to the port. That's going to have to be a much then, bigger Hyperloop than they're currently building. Yeah. But it needs to get, basically, in, in Los Angeles, for instance, it needs to get from Long Beach to most of the big warehouse distribution centers in the Lancaster, Palmdale, out in the desert area. And then those get either distributed into smaller trucks, which could also be electric. The other day, I have a photo of it, an, a Coca-Cola truck, van, electric electric van i have a photo of it i'll put That's it awesome. on the twitter i love the probably the kilowatts we're talking here if we, we extrapolate from the buses we've talked about in prior weeks is we're talking a three or four hundred kilowatt battery pack yeah that is big but that is cool it's big it's doable they don't need to have long range obviously there still needs to be range that goes from la to san francisco all of those major inner but even if you just took care of 80% of the tra- – like, again, it doesn't have to be 100% you know, electrical compliance. But if you get close and the only thing left are those long hauls, everything's going to be better. All Living in all of the cities is going to be better. Well, he didn't say anything about Hyperloop when we should finish he didn't. Uh, no, the he rest didn't. of it. But, yeah, I can see – and I'm a bit surprised that Hyperloop wasn't in here. Maybe it's because he's not – It's not part of Tesla. It. This is the Tesla, Tesla master plan. Yeah. But you could see how, yeah, well, I don't need to go that far. I'll just go to a hub and then go, oh, Here, I'm, Hyperloop. I'm just showing a picture of the tube of the Hyperloop uh, that Hyperloop 1 uh, is using, and that could fit a container. Yeah, a container in that thing, and then you'd go from there. So what was the last thing? So we've did, That's we the did the cars. We're only on part two, We did two, the solar. I believe. <laughs> this is uh, only part two. That we got was- the big trucks. What about the buses? Oh, okay. So the, he talked about the the trucks, and then he talked about this thing. He didn't call them buses, although they're kind of buses. He called them high passenger density urban transport, and he said, with the advent of autonomy, it will probably make sense to shrink the size of buses and transition the role of bus r- bus driver to that of fleet manager. I didn't understand that. I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense. It just means that there's not going to be a guy on the or a girl on the bus driving the damn thing. It's going to be one guy or one girl sitting in some control center responsible for a region. Right. Okay. And then traffic congestion would be improved due to increased aerial density by eliminating the center aisle and putting seats where there are currently entryways. 
whatever that means. It's like the tram at the zoo or the tram that we were on at the Tesla factory. There There you go. You just get in from the side. Okay. And boom, you've got it, like the Hyperloop as well. Nice. Where they have it so that you can just get right on and right off. It's the like the tram at Hollywood uh, Studios. Yeah, Universal Studios Hollywood or Universal Studios Orlando or the parking lot at Disneyland or Disney World, all of those kinds of trams. That is genius. Good job. And then it said it would take people all the way to their destination. So right now, the barrier for a lot of people in Los Angeles with the buses is they, they work. They have to walk. They work like arteries, right? <laughs> they go to major areas and then like they, you know, like they're, you need to walk down the capillaries to get to your, you know, you need to walk a half a mile or a quarter mile. People just aren't willing to do that. In Los Angeles, because you know our weather sucks. Nobody Let's walks. Be yeah, it's sunny, terrible, it's warm, right? Snow. So these, sleet. what he's saying here, is that these would take you all the way to your final destination, and they would probably work. Robert said this in one of our earlier. Uh, we were having some private conversations about this, like super shuttle, in a sense, right? You would get in a car, you'd tell you where you wanted to go. You might have to stop three or four times, but you'd get to where you wanted to go. I think a lot of people would buy into that. So people the University Studios it. tram will take me to my house. But the question I had was, yeah. in a fully autonomous future, which he's envisioning here, yeah. why do you even need buses? If there are cars that can take me from point A to point B, why do I even give a crap about a bus? Because it just depends on the model. Like It depends on the, on the model. Like There's always going to be people who are, A, willing to spend more money for privacy, right? So they're going to want a car by themselves. Like but doctors. They, like doctors. That, producers. That, yeah, they, and producers. They may... <laughs> that'd be me. That'd be you. They may, <laughs> they may want you know a little more modicum of freedom, right? And then there'll be people, like, occasionally, like, I wouldn't mind still being on a larger faster public transportation to downtown so i didn't have to deal with the car or or whatever whatever that you don't have to deal with i guess that's driving itself i don't know i mean i think it's got to be that there is still some cost differential going on a large volume bus than there is by an uber like self-driving car well consider again if elon's looking at this from a physics standpoint a, a electronics standpoint and we are all bits moving around a big uh you know whatever circuit board then consider how much resources resources electrons and batteries and solar power it would take to move every one of us in an individual vehicle and let's say all three of us are going to the exact same place we're all going to the topanga canyon mall uh from tom from from mel your house here and we let's say we're we live within a block do we all need to take a separate vehicle can we all get onto one vehicle? Right. And think about the other social side of it. Why is LA considered kind of a, an anathema? Because we're all isolated. We're all separated by our vehicles. We never talk to each other. We don't even, we don't even hang out like you do in a city like New York where there's a subway and everybody's there and you're getting to mix with all kinds of people, people who are just like you and people who are very different from you. And you develop a sense of tolerance from that. And so if we were all sharing vehicles, sharing these buses in Los Angeles, how much different to society would we have? I like your analogy for the efficiency. So it is not efficient if all three of us hopped in our own little Uber car versus we all don't want to ride Uber with car. me. You don't want to ride with me to the Well, I mean, oh, even talk if you to you talk for a minute about, or two. Even if you talk about finite resources, 
petroleum to you know still has to build uh tires metal Mm -hmm. that still has to be mined to build cars right and again it's about moving the maximum amount of people to the right place but you could do it so much more efficiently again with a proper app with a proper thing and if it didn't take twice as long to get downtown in public transportation and it was quiet and it was calm or however however and you had wi-fi and and you you could be distracted and it was okay the analogy of uber right uber pool two dollars uber bus 50 cents right there's still going right. to be There'll some still be people of scale like, right that's all i got right I this got is it. what i gotta go there so so it, it's just another option and again as more and more people where this planet's moving towards 10 billion people right we can't all have cars not all 10 billion of us can even in an autonomous vehicle situation where cars are being used to their utmost efficiency and that is probably not even a hundred percent of the time you're probably still talking about 60 70 percent at at maximum 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 efficiency where people are almost always getting in a car as soon as you're getting out you know we're it's still going to take a lot of finite resources that we just don't have on this planet so well what's the what's the last part of the master plan well part three yeah is autonomy so it talks about so we sort of threw that in there autonomy is everything I guess it's autonomy is everything, but in this case, again, because this is the Tesla master plan, it has to be about transportational autonomy. So it starts with, as the technology matures, all Tesla vehicles will have the hardware necessary to be fully self-driving with fail operational capability, meaning that any given system that could break and your car will still drive itself safely. Like an airplane, which has dual or triple backups. Right. Massive amounts of redundancies. And it's important to emphasize that their refinement and validation of the software will take much longer than putting in place the cameras, the radar, the sonar, and the computing hardware. So it's not a hardware issue. It's a machine learning issue for full autonomy, right? And that's how it's been for Google, how it's been for everyone else. And he gets into thinking that true self-driving they think will be, what was it, 6 billion miles. And we're currently driving 3 million miles per day. So how long does it take for us to get to 6 billion miles? Five and a half years. But so, that's well, just let me just Tesla, sort of, you didn't right? quite explain it. So to, in order to learn to the point where it will be as safe as they want it, Fully and he autonomous. wants 10x better than humans. Correct. So 10 times safer than humans, mm-hmm. you will have to have the machines drive 6 billion miles which was five years, but I'm going to say, but at this rate, more every Tesla now that comes on the road is a self-driving Tesla. So uh, originally, what a year and a half ago, none of the Teslas were self-driving. Right. Whatever October of 2014. Now every single Tesla that's coming out, and they're building them at an increasing rate, so that the rate of miles that they are harvesting in autonomous mode is growing exponentially. I'm not sure if it's exponentially, but it is growing at an accelerated rate. So that five and a half years really is probably more like three and a half years. No, I don't even think it's three and a half years because if you actually do the extrapolation, if they put a million Teslas on the road right, and those Teslas are doing a Model 50 3. million a year, right. 50 million a day. It'll be next week. I mean, it's like 
six months, three months, and you've yeah. got six billion miles. And and this is only Tesla. So if other companies are also doing autonomous, if Google increases the size of its fleet, we get there a well, little bit Tesla's faster. Well, but Tesla's talking about their system because they do it different than Well, Google. but he's talking about – again, he's talking about before true self-driving is approved by regulators, right? So right. that that has to do with like all of these – the regulators well, looking at all of the companies. There's going to be different flavors, right? There's going to be barbecued chicken style right. uh, and there's going to be fried chicken chicken yeah, style but they, the regulators once they get to the point where they say okay you're go with fully self-driving they're going to have to make it so all the car company like it's going to have to happen so most of the car companies can do it at the same no, time i think they no? have to meet certain benchmarks and that tesla is is so far ahead of everyone else because yeah. they released this beta and they expected everybody to play by the rules. Some yeah. don't but by doing that they are harvesting a huge amount of data yeah and there was something else I was going to say, and I've lost it. Well, actually, on the autonomous driving thing. So, okay, so it's going to be fully autonomous, and uh, we're going to get to that magic 6 billion miles very quickly if there's lots of cars out there. But oh. one of the things I wanted to say was about why, and this is a bit of a rat hole, why did Tesla release uh, autopilot before you really had full autonomy? And he said, and I find this very mm-hmm. interesting, that they really believe, and I believe this is true, they really believe that even the semi-autonomous driving improves the safety of these cars, just like automatic braking, just like uh, collision control systems. They believe that it makes it uh, much safer. And they said that there was a moral imperative for them when they said, we think that uh, adding our autonomous driving even though it's not perfected yet, even though it's not completely autonomous driving, will save lives. So we thought that there was a moral imperative that we should release it as soon as uh, we could, and they did. His words were actually very powerful in this sense, right? So he 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 said specifically, it's already significantly safer than a person driving themselves, and it would be therefore morally reprehensible to delay release simply for the fear of bad press or some mercantile calculation of legal liability. That is a very, very powerful statement from a guy running multiple billion-dollar companies. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. And on its surface, if that's true, because I still think there are some questions about how you measure how safe this is. For example, um, they keep saying, well, we only crash a half or a third the time when autonomous vehicle mode versus when you drive. But I think that there is a selection bias there as a physician. I have to like, how did they do this? Uh, am I using autonomous mode in the perfect circumstance? Are they comparing that against the perfect circumstance of a human? But if it is true, if it is true that their semi-autonomous driving is significantly better than humans, I get it because – 90 people are killed every day. And if you can say, I can save a, a life a day, two lives a day, three lives a day by having this, I get it. At some point, you have to say, we just have to do this. You have to and stop the trial. You have to stop the study. Because the study showed that it was so positive, I can't do this for another 10,000 patients. It's clearly working. And yeah. it's not a substantial cost. We, the Tesla Nation, are foisting the cost of this, and we want it. I'm just speaking for everyone who has it. I don't. But it was clear that if you looked on the TMC forum and if you looked on the Tesla blog site, people are like, do not speak for me. I want this feature. I will use it responsibly. And there's quite a backlash if you look on YouTube at some of these folks who have published these 
you know, silly, silly videos of them doing really stupid shit in autopilot. People are like, boy, you're dumb. Do you want to crash? Don't you value your life? So there is a social pushback on that. And I think that's great. I think that's, you know, Tesla nation policing itself. I think that's what we need to do. But what I was going to say is from what he says here about autonomy, and if we really could foresee three years, two years, one year until we're fully autonomous, then that means the Model 3 has to have all the features built in. And you know what? Pencils are down. So this plan is going forward. It's built, They're built in, but it's just a question of whether they're going to get enabled, what percentage of them are going to get enabled, because it's but, going to be a cost. But what? Uh, so this is fascinating to me. What is the technology? Because we just heard uh, from Tesla Rati that the Model X and Model S that are coming off the lines right now now have two cameras in the front. Ooh. Two weeks ago, they had one camera in the front. Ooh. So can they really have pencils down? Have they really got enough tech that's available today to do full autonomy for a car that comes out in a year from now? Do we need LiDAR or do we need this other he said no LIDAR. graphical thing? He doesn't like LiDAR He's because worked. he thinks it's too expensive. No, because LiDAR only depends on visual. So LiDAR does radar. not penetrate fog and it does not penetrate dark, um, heavy rain because it's a laser shooting out and you're looking for reflection. And he said the technology that they have right now is potentially is, better. Is potentially better and can see humans and can see... Fo- no, can't see humans because what they're using right now is a form of, of radar that's developed by Bosch. Bosch is tweaking it. They've, he's already like published what it's like three and a half millimeter wavelength. And the problem is, is that it can't see you, a person, because your um, water makeup is so similar to, I don't know, the rest of the planet that you can't be visualized. But it sees hard objects and they can change the array of the radar to see higher and wider. And that's what they're tweaking right now. Yeah. And but the, the other question is, if... If it's if Tesla's two years, eighteen months, whatever it is, in front of everybody else, and they get to regulator approved mm-hmm. full autonomy, but but they only have five percent market share, right? There's ninety five percent of cars out there. Does that okay, let me ask you this. I'll ask you gentlemen, I've explained to you my accident, how it happened. Do you think that if my car was autonomous that accident doesn't happen. Yes. No. I don't think it would have happened. I think it would have happened because there's a human in that car. A human does a stupid thing and turns in front of you. I don't care. There are laws of physics. Your autonomous vehicle, yes, it might be able to put its foot on the brake a second faster than you, but the speed that you're going, you still smash. Or there's maybe there's a car behind me, so the cars have to make a calculation. Do I If I slam on the brakes, do I get hit in the back? Well, that's the person in the back's fault for following you too, too closely. Close. Correct. But, but I can see an autonomous vehicle in a world where humans still do stupid shit. I just a, a truck is going you know, past me at 70 miles an hour and we're going down two lanes. And if I decide I'm going to kill myself and I just turn in front of the truck, I don't care how good your autonomous vehicle is unless it's Superman. It's going to crash. Right. You but can't you're fix about that. highway speeds. He's on the road. But even at less than highway speeds, if somebody turns in front of you, there is no time to stop because it takes so much time for you to right. stop and, a car. And, and, and what if I and, and I have the only option? I right, think there probably would have been at least fifty percent less of a chance 
of there being an accident. You'd Maybe have seventy percent. You less. get left left up because a car has a a brain to put the foot on the brake time faster than a human. Yes, but it's still in most cases. I would say the way Thomas described you're driving like this, and somebody just turns in front of you. There'll be less damage to your car, but you're still going to crash. The only way it gets to zero probability is that your car knows that that car is about to turn. And you're like, right. well, I better slow down now. Right, right, right. In, in, in the case where they're both autonomous, obviously that car doesn't make that turn. But in this case, that car still makes that turn. I can't swerve right. Maybe there's a car to my right. I can't slam on the brakes. Maybe there's a car behind me. So... It's not avoidable unless all cars are autonomous. And I'm not saying that's a reason to not do it. I'm just bringing it up as a po- case in point. Robert is losing his mind over I'm there. Bouncing. He's going to wet himself. Look at this. <laughs> but you're assuming that the speed at which you were driving, Tom, in the circumstances that you were driving, the autonomous car would duplicate. And I'm saying no. The autonomous car, listen to the Google example. Remember when the Google car was stuck at a four-way stoplight? or a four-way stop street, and it didn't move for 30 minutes because it, everything was a danger. That person's crossing the road. They're stepping off the curb. Can't go, can't go. So there's, like I said, this is something that's going to be like the flavor du jour of the neighborhood or the region. The cars are going to have to be meticulously programmed. But in on Winnetka or wherever it was that you had, Havenhurst, Haskell. Haskell, you had your accident, that car would probably not have been traveling as fast. My because car? Your car. Was, would probably not be traveling as fast. If they're autonomous, they're going to go a lot slower because of the laws of physics. We inherently take a huge amount of risk. That's why we're killing ourselves in cars. The cars will go slower. Will you get there faster? Probably so. Will, there won't even need, be a need to have like stoplights, I think. In many places, because the cars will group. They will group into clusters. But you're talking about but a situation about where all cars are autonomous. I'm talking about a situation where yeah. only in 18 months, two years, three years, when Tesla, because they're the only ones working on this, right? So they are, as you said, going to get advanced regulatory approval, right? They're going to be the company that for X amount of months has autonomous vehicles on the road where most other vehicles are not. So we're not talking about a situation where we've gotten rid of the stoplights. We're talking about a situation where it's still, is my car now making like judgment calls about, okay, there's, I see a car up ahead that's in the left-hand turn lane. What am I going to do? Am I going to like blink my lights at that car to make myself... A little more obvious? What's happening? I don't know. It sounds like we're listening to talking. All right. So the cars uh, will have a mixed picture of all different kinds of cars. But I think that's why Tesla and, uh, and the team have all been focusing on highway. Because highway is a much less uh, varied environment in which to drive the car. Except if you're in Florida where they have brakes in the highway where semi-tractor trailers can just drive out in front of you but statistics show that most accidents aren't happening on highways that may be where most of the major injuries are happening but Mm -hmm. you know mel's told stories about accidents in front of his home where -hmm. people were very badly injured Uh most you know what do they say most accidents happen within five miles of the home so these are the the exact kinds of situations like every car accident that i've ever been in from the time I was driving as a kid, happened on the streets 
The actually, that's not true. One accident happened on the four hundred five, and it was a like three car pileup because somebody slammed on their brakes like four cars ahead of me. You've been in a so lot I of accidents, a Tom. Three, 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 wow. three me accidents. Too. Three. Um, I want to go back to this. Um, the world that we're about to move into, that there's nothing we can do about, is a fascinating world where there are autonomous vehicles and there are human drivers. And that's just the way it's going to be for a while until we realize, until the regulators realize, until the data shows, as we all believe, that humans are the problem. We're going to live in a world where there are human drivers and autonomous vehicles, and I still don't see, unless your autonomous vehicle becomes grandma, and she's like driving down the road, and she comes to an intersection, and she sees that guy over there could potentially turn in front of me. I better reduce my speed to five miles an hour because they might turn in front of me, which will increase the chance that they're going to turn in front of you. It's going to be an interesting transition because, again, from a physics point of view, I don't see when somebody turns in front of you quickly, human or autonomous vehicle, physics says you will crash. There's nothing you can do. And so imagine this. When we get to a point where some percentage of the vehicles on the road are autonomous and can speak to one another that are basically web-enabled, the other cars may, when it comes time for you to renew your car, need to have a little box plugged into them. And somebody says, hey, uh, Dr. Herbert, do you want to drive your you know, little sports car, Miata? Then we're going to have to plug this little box into, I can't remember the name of that plug that sits under your dash of every car made today that enables them to do all of the electronic diagnostics, but can also be used to control the car. And so then all of a sudden there's a little box on all those cars that are getting renewed that's basically going to say, you know, I'm connected to the internet and I'm driving along and I'm not doing such a safe thing. So all of a sudden the speed is going to slow down. There's going to be some external limit on people's cars that allows them to still drive themselves in an autonomous, in an ever increasing autonomous world. I want to finish this off because we've been going for a long time. We have now. another it's a, segment. It's a full of show, this but it's, we've missed. Oh, is there another segment? There's one more. We sort of touched on it, but the fourth part about it yes. is sharing, which is when he talks about what you talked about the at the beginning. I the call vomit. it vomiting. So it, so it starts with <laughs> when true self-driving is approved by regulators, it will mean that you will be able to summon your Tesla from pretty much anywhere. Once it picks you up, you will be able to sleep, read, or do anything else en route to your destination. You will also be able to add your car to the Tesla shared fleet by tapping a button on the Tesla app and have it generate income for you while you're at work or on vacation. That's the fourth part about it. I don't it. understand that part. I think Honestly, it's a throw-in, to be honest with you. I don't understand that part because at the point where I can get a car to come and get me and take me wherever I want... I don't need to own that car. Why would I own a nice car and have it clean and then Tom's going to take my car and vomit in it on the way back from the Hollywood Bowl and i got to clean that crap up? So, I don't want that car. Just send me a clean car. I don't even want to own a car at that point. And so we're going to know who got your car. We're going to know who vomited in your car. And we're all going to know. I'm going to know. Tom's going to know. Everyone else who has a Tesla that they can loan out but, is going to know that dumbass 67 
gone in their car and vomited, and he is going to be but excluded. Why, He's not going to be able to get my car. But why do I need to own a car at that point? Because I can get a car at any time to take me anywhere with an app. Because, I don't need to own a car. And you may not. Because the world, the Uber, the Tesla owns the car. I just use the car. Because I don't need ownership. Because you're a photographer and you need to keep all your photographic gear in the car. Because you're a, a uh, correspondent and you need to keep all your sound equipment in the car. I mean, like, Then if that's true... That also means that I'm not going to do this because I've got my sound equipment, I've got my laptop. I'm not going to then lend it to Tom who's going to vomit on it. <laughs> I'm not going to lend it. So it doesn't make sense. There's always, going. I th- there's always, again, like we talked about, there's always going to be a mix. There's going to be a mix of autonomous and semi-autonomous and non-autonomous cars. There's going to be a mix of people like you who don't want to share their car. And there's going to be people like Pablo, right? We've talked about Pablo in the past, who... The 10 or 15%. Remind us about Pablo. Pablo is one of uh, my coworkers, and he had a Volt, and we've interviewed him talking about like what car to get, and he turned his Volt in, and now is not driving an electric car. But my point is, what if Pablo is a guy who decides he wants to drive a really nice Tesla Model S his 10 or 15% of the time? And he can do that for basically either nothing or the cost of something else by letting other people drive it around. He's This is a guy who is very young. He's into the sort of sharing technology, right? Airbnb, couch surfing, all of those things. These are things that he has embraced at, as a member of the new generation. This is Again, generations change, people change, mm-hmm. and I guess this it, is where this comes from. But I'm again extrapolating. I'm assuming, perhaps incorrectly, that he would be able to rent a Model S at any time for the same price that he could own a Model S. Why would you bother owning? I don't see the ownership of cars in this then he gets, situation then he gets being the important. Great experience of going to the Tesla Club LA meetups <laughs> and talk about Tesla and show off his Tesla and or maybe there's some limitations to the sharing community, right? Like so, in some places, like there are bike sharing things, and you can only keep that bike for a half an hour. And maybe in big cities, that's how it will work. You'll only be able to keep that that car for a half an hour for 45 minutes but maybe pablo wants to go out into the forest for two weeks and he wants to take his car and all of his his stuff with him right so that's a possibility again like because the kind of change that you're talking about is very drastic and what this is going to happen and eventually you're probably right we will get to there 20 50 200 years from now whatever that is but there's going to be this gradual flip over to that where this is it's, how it's, it's going to work. about flexibility. Right. I accept your argument. This is a transitional stage. I'm perhaps extrapolating too far. All right. I got it. So, yes. you, would you just, like to summarize the just, end of this? Just like the person who has an – the first time I went in an Uber is this, and you're probably right. So the first time I ever went in an Uber was a young kid, 22 years old, with a very expensive BMW. And he drove me to the airport, and I said, dude, how can you expense, uh, afford this car? And he's like, I cannot afford this car. That's why I'm an Uber driver. Right. And I get to drive this to take my girlfriend out, and then the rest of the time I'm paying this thing off. Right, and a lot of and, – and because he's a small independent businessman, the cost of his car is a write-off on top of all the other things. So, again, transitional bothers. period. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's try to end this let's show. Let's summarize. Let, please. I just wanted to add. end it. We, 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 though, we're talking about this Tesla shared fleet. He's not going to let us end it. It's not. We no. have to go all night. It's gone. <laughs> and so this is Tesla's financing the rollout 
of an enormous amount of Teslas. This is Tesla guaranteeing they will sell that many more Teslas if people can take their car that is now autonomous and lease it out, rent it out by the hour, etc. Oh, for and sure. And he says when where Tesla where, where that's not going to happen because either there are not enough cars or there's some other reason that Tesla will operate its own fleet. Yeah, and did again, he say they're going to yeah, have their own fleet? Yes. The last thing he yes. said was, "In cities where demand exceeds the supply of customer-owned cars, Tesla will operate its own fleet, ensuring you can always hail a ride from us, no matter where you are." What I'm, the hell did I'm, Hertz and and Uber and Lyft do when they saw that? Well, Uber said we're we're going to be uh, bought by Tesla or merged with Tesla. I didn't see that bit. That's the Holy last paragraph. Testicle right. Mondays. I'm long Tesla. So that is that is the Tesla manifesto. So in short, the last four sentences of this I'll read in its entirety. The master plan part do is create stunning solar roofs with seamlessly integrated battery storage. One. Screw the utilities. Expand the electric vehicle product line to address all major segments. I want my own. I want the truck. I want my truck. I want a truck badly. Develop a self-driving capability that is 10x safer than manual via massive fleet learning. Right? This is saving the planet and saving lives. I want to text while driving. Go on. Sleep on the way to work. Enable your car to make money for you when you're not using it. And this is probably, again, the most, the sort of throw in bit that's, again, it's the transitional part. So in 10 years, because this is, because that's just the way it's going to be. But. So at, what, what do we think? Look at the forums of yeah. the how many people who have put $1,000 down on their Model 3 and they're like, shit, I can't afford this thing. Yeah. They see that. They're like, I'm going to work really hard because I will be able to yeah. afford this thing. Master plan. What do you guys think? Master plan part do. I look, think it's masterful. I think it's uh, everything he said here I think is futuristic. I don't think it's out of – I don't think it's uh, science fiction. I think it's possible. I think we're right there. This is the most interesting time in automation history for the car and uh, this guy has proved that he is the kind of person that can get this crap done i mean this guy's sending rockets into space and i'm landing them again i'm like let's see what you can do we're gonna have to talk about this more next week and i like this quote from three's a charm on tesla Roddy. he responded he said nerds of the world rejoice i'm excited about this i think there we have an extraordinary visionary with a lot of cash who's getting it done and then uh you know in the next week what's the good thing here is that we're three idiots let's be honest are you an idiot we're all idiots yeah we are going to get to have the next sort of three or four or five days to have the rest of the world critique this poke holes in it and then we'll have more discussion next week ladies and gentlemen boys and girls his name was tom that's Rob, true my name is mel this was sucky it was good. We're sorry it was so long, and you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Out. Bye. Because we're talking. 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 Talking.